Welcome to Yoke Rehatched Generation Next with Larry Tazuma and Summer Wind. Yoke is back. All right, welcome to the Yoke Podcast. This is the rebirth of Yoke, or shall we say cracked, recracked? I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a work in progress. Um, we're still trying to figure out the right tagline. Um, I'm Larry Tazuma. I'm your host. Uh, sitting along with me is Summer Wen. Howdy. Um, I am a former editor of Yoke many, many years ago. And Summer, I just learned... Well, I've known you through casting, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And also acting. But now I just learned you're also a real estate agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just closed on a condo for a senior citizen. Very nice. Did you take advantage of her? No, I didn't. Okay. We're best friends. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you did a, uh audition for me, and it was fantastic. And you did it on vacation. Thank you very much. I did it in Korea, and yeah. I was like... Eight pounds every year. <laughs> I was <laughs> eating too well over in Korea. Well, the food's good. Yeah, the food is good. And just for the record, I'm so happy I did not get that role. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, Paris Wang, actor, entrepreneur, DJ, uh, ellipsis, ellipsis, ellipsis. Okay, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me over here to your wonderful office that we could do a lot of damage here. I mean, like, really. It's like all this open space kind of reminds me of like the Matrix, right? With all the open windows. I think so. So Paris, I have a question. So I've met you and you, of course, wouldn't remember, but it was like over 20 years ago or something when we were just starting out Yelk. Actually, you shouldn't say 20 years. Actually, it was just yesterday. Oh, it was just yesterday. (laughs) And, but it was a time when I don't remember. Right. Um, And, and someone was there. She was promoting um, the club. You were their DJ. Is that if, if I remember correctly? And because it was DJ Paris and Summer Wind Productions. Is that? Is that? Uh, <laughs> really? What I is like, this? Uh, I know. What was I know. No, yeah, he is. Uh, um, uh, we used to do events and it wasn't haha funny. That, I like that. Summertime Productions over there. But it's more was like puresounds.org and we were doing events and he was DJing. I was just uh, wrangling talent and getting them. Um, things they wanted and then uh, you know everything else is, yeah it was a very clean fun wait what venue was this um at least a couple of them but one was in koreatown on wilshire that i remember correct the koreatown on wilshire or is it olympic well it was one of the others around there okay. it was more on the western okay. side of koreatown maybe, you know maybe it was probably in koreatown and probably i believe that was on olympic boulevard right oh, okay could have okay. been olympic yeah. and that venue was called Oh, man, I can't even remember, but I can say that the owner of that venue was a very, the very first black l- lesbian oh. to own a club in Los Angeles. Nice. So that place has a lot of history because it was actually one of the very first nightclubs to host after hours where Madonna used to go to. Oh, wow. Because back then, it was very hard in Los Angeles to find a nightclub that could host to all races, all genres, and especially for you know the the i would say the gay community sure and that was like for for dancing for after hours music was all about house music i see and it was about the gay community right right well that's awesome Awesome. all the scene flourished i believe um did you like 
I don't know, party late and stuff? Because he's a family man right now. Larry is a family man. I'm a total family man. (laughs) Um, And yes, I did party late. I'm from Seattle, so I used to party up in Seattle, uh, especially in the Broadway area. Uh, Often frequented the gay clubs because that was the best music. Yes, of course. Right? Um, And for some reason, Seattle uh, gay folks were very, very uh, cool. They, they, you know, they didn't, they were grabby or anything like that. Oh my God. Uh, here in LA, West LA, they grab you. They don't, they don't <laughs> care. And so I, I, I couldn't really do that here. But up there, it was, it was no problem dancing and uh-huh. having fun and even drinking up there. It wasn't really a problem. Um, Did you show your dance move to your daughter? Oh no. <laughs> well, I used to dance with her when she was, when she was young. Like uh-huh. when she, we would go to weddings and stuff, we would dance together. Uh, but she didn't care back then, and now she cares, and she's embarrassed. So. Wait, how old is she? <laughs> she's 10. She's 10? Oh, yeah. She, yeah he, she's coming to that teenage years where you, they are embarrassed to yeah. be with her father, right? Yeah. So anything that you do to make yourself look younger, yes. she's like, oh, get out of here, Dad. Please, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, I used to be her hero, and now I'm like her biggest embarrassment. Aww. <laughs> I know, right? But that's... Yeah, 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 that's another subject that we, we can discuss and talk I about. I know, we can't because we don't have kids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, is Paris your actual name? No, you know, actually, the history of Paris was, I've always wanted to be an entertainer, you know, ever since I was young, hmm. ever since I was an elementary kid, that the kids would always follow me, either because I was the only Asian dude mm-hmm. in school. Nice. Right? I, I grew up in a predominantly all white community. So I never had to fight anyone because all I had to do was just give that Bruce Lee look. Oh wow. <laughs> right? That, yeah. That 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 signal of like, what the right? <laughs> and they would be scared of me and they would just want to be my friend. So ever since I was young I've always been almost like the center of attention and I I enjoyed it. And when I grew older it was the same thing when I was in the military. Oh, I yeah, never, I he's in the yeah, military. Yeah, I, I, I was never specifically in one group. Mm. Because in the military, it's very segregated, right? Either you're, you know, if you're white, you're only hanging out with the white mm. group. Or if you're black, you're only hanging with the black group. It's like a prison or something. Huh? Right, exactly. Mm. And really, it was like that in the military, so... No offense. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no offense. Not only that, but you can be all you can be. <laughs> Right, that that was the that was the hook. That was the hook line, and of course, they always get you after high school. Okay. Right, and of course, that was during the time of like, ah, oh, I don't want to live with my father. What am I gonna do with my life? Mm-hmm. Right, and I figured, okay, let me see, let me try this out. And I told the recruiter, I said, I want the least amount of time to be in the military. How many? Two and a half years. Oh, okay. They don't even do two and a half years now. It's four years. So I really got, I really lucked out, and so I took this test. And you take this test to figure out, okay, what kind of career that you, you're qualified for. They said, well, okay, you could, you could be a real soldier 100% where, you, you know, you could be out in the field, learn mm-hmm. about guns, and learn how to be a soldier, really learn how to kill. Right? John Wick style. Right, John Wick. I go, no, you know, I like my hands clean. And they said, well, you could go in the medical field. You could be in the air condition and work in a hospital, work next to nurses. Mm-hmm never have to work out in the field I said okay I want that job <laughs> and that was it and they got me so you were actually full-time not not a ROTC not a 
you know, reserve. So you were actually active in, duty. Active duty yes. for two and a half years. Two and a half years. And then where did it take you? Did it take you anywhere? First year I went to Korea, stationed in Korea. And of course, living in Los Angeles all my life. Yeah. <clears throat> not really being exposed to the Asian culture at all. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, why Korea? You know, the first day I landed there, I, uh, everything was different. The smell in the air was different. Um, being away from my family is different. And um, I just didn't enjoy it, right? You didn't enjoy being in Korea? Yeah, okay. yeah. But, you know, like anything else, when you're, when you're exposed to a new environment, it, it get, you know, it's hard to get used to it, but in time, you do. And of course, I met one of my best friends in Korea that was a Katusa. Do you know anything about Katusas? No, I never heard of that. So a Katusa is what they are. They take a test right after high school. They're mandatory that they have to join the military in Korea. And then that, that test will determine either you join the American military or the Korean military, mm -hmm. depending how smart you are, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're smart and you know English pretty well, you could join the American military. And of course, for all Koreans, they want that because it's much easier. Oh, right. And so they join forces. They live in an in American base with the U.S. military. So they don't, they don't live with the Korean military at all. So their lifestyle, everything is so much better for them. So I met one of my best friends. He happened to be in a medical base that was in Seoul, Korea. But I was from another unit, another base of Korea, it was called Pyeongtaek, Camp Humphreys, that was in the countryside. Oh. Yeah, and so one weekend I went to Seoul, and I don't know how life is, right? You, you end up meeting with someone, and he spoke English really well, and we became best friends. He took me to the real deep parts of Seoul, Korea, mm -hmm. the natives, and he really educated me about the culture, about Koreans, and this really opened my eyes about life in general. And thinking that, you know what? The United States is not always all that. You know, there's other parts of the world that I need to know. Yeah, because uh, Americans have this American-centric view of the world. Oh, yeah. Everybody else is more global. They, yeah. they watch French movies in Korea. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, only a few of us watch French movies in, yeah. in America, yeah. right? Yeah. So. yeah, I love the French movies. Yeah. Um, so you have the... Uh, military after the military and then you had the event planning but after the event planning you went for the artist side which is DJing well, well actually that coincided with your event planning because you're like I'm, I'm gonna play music in front of a lot of crazy people dancing and stuff like that but now you're like 20 years oh sorry <laughs> yesterday you were <laughs> thinking of acting for when you were, since you were a younger age. So how does that come about? So wait a minute. Yeah. Big transition. You just went from military to, to Okay. Yeah, to that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Else. Okay, you know what? I've been exposed. Summer just exposed the age of oh. us, me, you know, 20 years. But, okay, going back to your question, Larry. <laughs> how your name is Paris. Oh, yeah. Summer. <laughs> the question. Summer is the one that created my name, mm -hmm. but because of my personality, sure. of me throwing events. But this was before Paris Hilton. This was yeah, like- Of course. Yeah, I met, I met Summer 
at a radio station, we were both volunteering for Groove Radio. It was one of the very first radio stations for electronic music. Nice. And that's how it evolved for me doing events. And then I said, Summer, why don't you come along? Let's produce events. We were the first, we were, we are, we were the first promoters to bring DJ Tiesto to Los Angeles. Oh, no kidding. Yes. I've seen Tiesto at least three times. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of history and we were like, of the, the, no, the, who's of the who of Los Angeles, like, of like, we were like pretty big promoters back nice. then. And so, I don't, I don't know. From, <laughs> wait, you guys, you guys must be rich then. Oh. Money is in your mind. Yes, yes. I, I yeah. am rich in my mind and I'm rich in my heart. Rich in experience, for yeah. sure. I get you. Right? And so, from your question was Paris. So, I don't know how she, she, thought about that name, generated that name of Paris to be my name, but it just, I don't know, it's just my personality, you know? Sure. How Paris is this mm -hmm. city of attraction, city of, I always tell, this, well, my little secret, I tell the ladies, well, it's the secret of love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Right? laughs> go, oh, really? But um, yes, yeah, it just fits my personality. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. my personality. Yes, yes ladies, and, and he's so, single. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've always wanted to be an actor. Really, I did. I just didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And because of summer, we started doing extra work. Mm -hmm. We discover all these creative outlets of what we like to do. Sure. It's create, right? Creativity for you doing the podcast. Summer's doing the podcast. She's a casting director. You're an actor. I'm an actor. And then just music because I throw events. It just, it just blends in nicely. Right. This this seems like it's like a bunch of Asians just trying to break through the wall, man. <laughs> like just being creative because it's typical. Like well, because having you a, don't hear that often. Mm -hmm. We don't hear this in the media, mm -hmm. right? We don't hear in podcasts like, oh, they only hear the stereotypes of Asians being doctors, mm -hmm. lawyers. That's it, right? Business men or business women, mm -hmm. but they never hear about us being an actor, right? us being a DJ, us throwing events in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. being the first people to bring Tiesto. I mean, we, Summer and I have brought in a lot of big talents in the electronic music industry to yeah. Los Angeles first. So, and imagine in that kind of world, or in this, in the entertainment spectrum, you don't see that many Asians at all. And we were the first Asians. Back. Back then, though, but, but yeah. there's even Margaret. Today, even but today, Summer. No, no, there's a lot. There's a lot of entertainers out there who are Asian. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like throwing events. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I still don't see a lot. Okay. Right. That's very rare. That I'm, has been clarified. Thank you. I'm, yeah. a, I'm on a more global scale. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of local promoters. Yeah, you local promoters. Clubs right, right. and this, night, yeah. this and that. <clears throat> but um, actually promoting world-class DJs, they didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. No. We, we, uh, we stopped because I can't sleep past midnight and I don't know why he, he stopped. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I, well, you know what, what stopped was because of 9-11. 9-11 mm. really changed everything and it changed the way that a lot of my investors that were giving us the money to produce these events, mm. they, right? 9-11 really yeah, too much of a risk. Yeah, it was too much of a risk. Yeah. And like anything else, you, you know, you, as human beings, we survive and we think, okay, what can we do? What's the next objective for us, right? If 9-11 has happened and 
or the crap that we love so much or whatever you may do or I may do, how are we going to survive? What's the next step for us? And, you know, it, it just evolved to what can I do because I can't throw events now, but I need to make money. Yeah. What's interesting is I, I did notice the festivals, the you know, the big, oh, huge festivals, huge. They, they continued yes. to thrive. Yes. Maybe they took a year off, but after that, they were right back in. Yeah. Right now, music festivals are bigger than concerts. Mm. They are, the electronic music industry is the rock stars of today, mm. right? So right? When you book a DJ talent, you have to go through their manager, you have to go through their booking agents, mm -hmm. They even have publicists now. And when you book them, right, minimum, okay, for the top 10 DJs, for a festival, minimum is $250,000 oh. for a two hour set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So you imagine, and if you book them, they want first class business air tickets, five star hotel mm -hmm. for them and their manager. Mm -hmm. And they're doing this at least three to four times a week. So imagine getting $250,000 per show, per festival, only Amazing. spending for two hours. They have their whole year that's already filled up six months beforehand. They go to Europe, they have their Central America tour, North America tour, European tour, Asia tour. So, they just have to do festivals. They don't even have to do nightclubs anymore. That's amazing. Yeah, and now, what do they do with that money? Because they don't get taxed. Everything's through wired. Huh. The government can't say, oh, okay, I'm taking that money, right? Mm -hmm. So how do they get taxed? That's the question, right? But we're not accountants. Yeah. So let's, yeah, yeah, move, yeah, yeah. let's go with them. Um, so you're going back, doing the strike, you're mm -hmm. learning all the things that you need to learn about, um, or I, I shouldn't say learn it, more like rejuvenating your acting mm -hmm. um, prowess and uh, going through the classes. I mean, that's good because any actor should do training no matter who they are, I think. Um, I know some people think other actors are born with the talent and it might be true, but as a, in casting, I feel like just training yourself, no matter how you train yourself, the voice, the, your actions, your your um oh it's yourself yeah, you're writing you anything yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i'm like 20 pounds more heavy than i was when i first started and acting yeah. i i wish i was in better shape but it's hard it's hard you know as you get older it's definitely hard but and the hardest part is having the energy to do it mm -hmm. right to be committed because you have to always exercise the machine right if you don't exercise the machine then when it's time to actually get that audition you're gonna tell yourself, damn, I wish I would've done that. And, it's, and I thank you for Summer for always pushing me, mm. telling me every day, read, read at least 30 minutes sure. out loud. <laughs> it's read called book, right? Because you yeah. know, there's gonna be times when you do that audition and you have those lines and you can't even pronounce it, right? right. And I have a hard time pronouncing words and getting the lines. You know, you know that's the hardest. Let's not part, advertise right? that because <laughs> you're gonna yeah, right. yeah, get you're working on that. Right, right. <laughs> I think pretty much every actor mm -hmm. struggles to a certain degree. I mean, there are some some rare cases where they have a photographic memory and they can just do it. And I envy them. Right. Um, I don't have a photographic memory. <laughs> I don't either. It takes me many, many, many times to 
to get to a point where I can memorize. I'm yeah. surprised because I heard you when you did that audition. You you looked like you you learned it over, like overnight. It was really good when you had those sides I gave you. Yeah, I, really, you were impressed yeah. by that. Okay. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think I'm very good at it. I, it takes me a while. I, everyone has their own sort of sure. method, right? Right. And my method, I probably sucks, but <laughs> it. You know, especially when you have to do dialogue with somebody. I, you know, what I do is I take my my phone and I record a voice memo yes. of the other person's mm -hmm. lines, mm -hmm. and then after that, I I do the lines with this recording, mm -hmm. and um, sometimes I actually do auditions that way. Mm -hmm. And I can't depend on um, my daughter loves to read with me, but <laughs> I can't always depend on yeah. her to do this. You know, forty-five year old guy's yeah. role. Yeah. You know. <gasps> yeah, yeah. That is not totally his age. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, not me. I'm talking about like a, another person in the room. Oh, copy, copy, copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, anyway, it's just it's just a matter of I don't know adjusting and you know being flexible and then also figuring out just how how to present yourself in the best way. You know, <laughs> the acting what we do, it is crazy because it really can we say bad words in here? Why not? Right? Because it... We can edit out. Because it really <laughs> fucks up with your emotions. Yeah. Everything. The way you feel, how you say your lines, affects your heart, your, your brain. Like, people think that acting is just easy. Oh, you just want to be an actor and they downgrade us. Like, oh, that's, a, that's not a career. But honestly, it's the toughest career to have. Because Tough. of the rejection that we get every day. Right? Yeah. In the artist field, you mean, right? Huh? I, I know I, I seem like I'm, I'm in the artist field. You're saying it's the toughest career in the artist field. Uh, we don't want to compare it to doctors. <laughs> no, I mean, as far as um, yeah. getting rejection, like yeah. every time you go out, you got to be prepared for rejection. Yeah. Right? And no, you know what? Okay. The, the emotions that we get, okay? Yeah. From the moment that your agent calls you and say, hey, you have an audition. What's the first reaction you get? I don't know, anxious. Anxious, yeah, yeah. for me it's like, fuck, yeah. I got an audition, like, yeah. oh shit, you know, like, you know, all that emotions that's build up, it's like, oh man, I got an audition, fuck, what am I gonna do, right? right. Then the next, the next emotion that you get is like, if you have a job, it's like, fuck, how am I gonna get this out of my, how am I gonna get mm. out of my job to go on this audition, right? So that. you're going through all these obstacles just to get to that audition and prepare for that audition. It's That's, so true. We're talking right? about any actor out there, they have to worry about those two things. Yes. One is the audition itself, uh -huh. and then the other is how to, how do I manage this audition because right. I'm working. You know? Yes. I got to get someone to do my right. shift, whether they work in a restaurant or what. Yeah. You know? and, um, and so it's always about just not even doing the audition, it's actually just getting to that audition. The preparation yeah the thing is I uh, as a casting perspective I think you guys should not mm. worry about the anxiety you should just um, the whole point is zero attachment go in do the job and then leave but just as if you were Larry if you were still dating back in the day when you see a girl you're like okay yeah I don't yeah I don't like her and then you, and then you leave it's the same same aspect you Paris has his instances of chicks coming in through the revolving door. Yeah, you can say, oh yeah, I met her, don't like her. Same attitude you have with the auditions will get you more actually auditions. 
summer. Yes. Can I tell you something that's easier said than done? Because you know, for every actor is different mm-hmm. when it when the way they approach how mm-hmm. they come with their auditions. Period.、Mm-hmm. Because for me, I mean, yes, I may think that I feel confident and I don't give a fuck about this audition, but internally.、Mm-hmm. Yes, I do care. Yes, I want this. I I want to book this job. You know. Yeah. And you know how it is, right? You know what? From one of my acting coaches, her name is Amy Linden, great acting coach, and she said, "Don't think from your head. Think, think from your, you know, feel from your heart." And that's true because when we when we do our lines, we're always thinking from my head, right? And and it affects us. But if you if you're not feeling it from your heart, then you're not doing it right. Hmm. True. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, but still, I I still think you have to、um, a famous actor, one of them, Tom Hardy or somebody. I forgot who it is because I watch so many Instagram videos of actors.、Um, they say that you go in there and and you don't want the job.、Mm-hmm. Well, they love they they love that. Cause you don't give a shit. Okay, it doesn't always work. Yeah, <laughs>、uh, yeah. No, I mean the、instance. attitude goes into it. Yeah, but for instance, I I was at a you know <laughs> a, a commercial audition and this very well known actor who was、mm. in the Joy Luck Club、mm. uh, showed up and this guy I'm not going to name his name but I'll just say that he comes across as very handsome. He has this handsome way about him,、mm. right?、Mm-hmm. And so he shows up. He didn't have any of that. He he was just low key. He showed up in this clown outfit.、Oh. I mean, not a little clown, but he was wearing matching top and shorts, which I was like, "What are you thinking?" Because it had nothing to do with the commercial that we were. It's distracting. Yeah, it was. It was just mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. and and he just acted like he didn't give. Yeah. A dang right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm like. Well, if you get this job, I'm gonna be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But no, he didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. The thing with people,、um, this is generally speaking, from all the casting、uh, auditions I've done,、um, wa- watching actors, they typically good-looking people do not do the work、mm. because, because it, it's、so、already、big. given.、Uh, okay. No. That's <laughs> no because they they've been given the work.、Mm-hmm. They've been. Before somebody has given them work, right? D- just because they're cute,、right. handsome, or beautiful. That's why the ladies come in with sexy outfits because it w- helps them try to not to say maybe the role calls for the sexy outfit, but it doesn't call sexy outfit when you're playing a dry cleaner. So、um, I'm just saying depends on the situ- scenario, and they come in thinking, oh, I'm gonna get this role because of the way I look, but、mm-hmm. but you're screwed if the director's gay. Now,、mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so、uh, that's why I think you should dress in the most natural way possible for you, so that they can imagine the woes on you. That's what I say to any actor who asks me. I, I don't want to、um, keep banging their heads. I'm I'm not all knowing, but when I see somebody come in and they dress natural, and I can see them as any role that I'm already casting. Hey, if they. If they don't fit that role, but I can see them in another role, that's the open mind that we need actors to have,、mm-hmm. to formulate in their head instead of dressing like you said the clown outfit, even though he was handsome.、Um, some other, some other、uh, casting or whoever might still hire him for whatever reason they do because、um, Hollywood has been based on looks for decades for a while, and only the indie projects bring in, you know, bring in、uh, diversity. Of 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 
origins and looks and stuff. The, the yeah. indie projects bring in the ugly actors? Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, diversity. <laughs> it's called diversity and it's called um, individuality. And Taika Waititi is one of the most um, best examples of that because he has reservation uh, dogs and he has uh, walk in the shadows. Are you talking about the, the director who was also in... Thor and all uh, that, yeah. Free yes. whatever. And he's the one that has the hot wife right now to Rita Ora. Oh, Rita Ora is his yes. wife. Yeah, okay. they're, wow. they're a superpower, yeah, superpower duo. But I think they're engaged. No, no, they're married. They're but, married, right? But I don't know anything about his life. But I'm just saying, I'm saying that, that that's one of an example of directors that just take a chance they, they, to see talent you know, in a huge pool instead of just a small pool of just good lookers. Um, I mean, when I see a really cute guy or actor or a beautiful woman, I, I search. I search for something inside them when they're doing it. You know, you, 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 they do the lines and you just want to look for anything in there, in the deep pools of their eyes. That's what I'm saying. So um, some of them deliver. Emma Stone, obviously good. Um, there's so many actors, Ryan Gosling, super cute and super de depth. You see what I'm saying? There's some actors who can do it, some, you never know. <laughs> So keep going. I'm trying to re re uh, uh, load up my my parking meter. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's his agent that's messaging you. <laughs> and you'll need to do podcasting no more. Okay. So no, but no, but let's just be fair. Um, just uh, yeah. The thing is, all this facets of your personality has led led you to more acting um, opportunities that you can play. Military DJ. Um, all these other uh, opportunities that you presented yourself and met with through the challenges and you can bring it into all your scenes, Paris. So that's, um, that is a lifetime of tools that you can grab for your, all your scenes. So congratulations. Just keep at it and things will um, keep going. Progressing and get better and just get the, get the roles that challenge you. Don't get the easy ones all the time and you'll be fine. Thank you so much, Summer. Mm -hmm. you know, the acting, acting back, that's it. I mean, after so many years of being in hiatus and coming back to it, God, why did I have to get this acting back? Jesus, because it drives me crazy. Like, honestly, like, I have a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. It pays well. I mean, of course, we always want more money. Not so much. I don't know what it is. It's undescribable but it's that feeling that you get when you're on set and you book that job right it's it's like this natural candy high that we get and you just want more it's so addicting i i think it's important to discern whether i think i think most a lot of people especially in california or los angeles have this this self-destruct mode where they have a good thing going a great job great life great marriage and something tempts them to doing something that they shouldn't be doing. Mm. So I think it's really important to discern whether I'm about to self-destruct or this is actually something that, that can make work. Mm -hmm. How, where is it for you? Something that could actually make it work. That's awesome. Because I, I've, got, I've gotten, I've booked jobs before. Yeah. So every time I book a job, it's like, when's the next one? It's an addiction. It's, it's definitely <laughs> an addiction. It's a crazy addiction to have mm -hmm. because 
to have that sacrifice for us to to forfeit the comfortable life and to go into that realm of that crazy life that's like so unpredictable, right? Because you never know. Larry, tomorrow you'll win that Oscar and I'm gonna say, I had the privilege to do this podcast with you. And Summer could be the next biggest casting director. You never know about this industry. Never that's know. what's so mm -hmm. crazy about it. But at the same time, that's, that's so wonderful that we all love and we strive for and we want more. Mm -hmm. You're about to say something. Yeah, no, um, I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's wrap this up in about two minutes. Just final words. <clears throat> Where are you at right now? Okay, I'm going to try to um, uh, go with what I know. You've been in um, club promotion. You've been um, wanting to do not acting. You want, you've been wanting to do entertainment for all these years. And where are you right now in your head and in life? What are you doing right? What do you? What's your? What's your goal for the next ten years for you? I'm going to push this 100% all the way, acting. If it's not acting, it's my music. Whatever that's gonna take me to the next step, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, what's the biggest motivation is because of Michelle Yeoh and Ki Kwan. Very nice. Winning the Oscar, that gave me that push and drive to say, you know what, come back. We're open arms for you, you can do it. Not only for mm. you, but for everyone else. Mm. That's a good one. Were yeah. you moved also somewhere by that whole um, the whole Oscars and the whole... Um, I'm, awards are tricky. I, I don't feel like everybody should be awarded. Um, I think it's, it, was, uh, it was monumental and phenomenal because they were... She's been acting for 30, oh, yeah. 50 oh, yeah. years. She, she deserved she it. She deserved it a long time ago. Yes. But, but um, and Ki Kwan, just one of the natural born talents, but he kept going, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I think, like, basically everybody... Um, I think they deserve more than just awards. I think they deserve a statue <laughs> so that we can right. like visit them and 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 in in their awe of um, humbleness, generosity, and that's mainly their core is very uh, to me is more phenomenal than the award. Their core is it, it passes a message for um, just how it's Asians can surpass expectations. Well, it's, it's really nice to know that mm -hmm. somebody um, so professional mm -hmm. and so kind to their core, mm -hmm. and yet, you know, they have a line where they will not go beyond. They, they're not, they're not, a, walk, uh, uh, they're not a, a, a welcome mat or anything like that. Oh, yeah, they don't sell their soul either. Right? Yeah. And yet, yeah. they're being rewarded at this time in their life. I think that's really... Yeah, and, and and I think Jackie Chan got an honorary um, Oscar as well. Yeah, a lifetime, yeah. Oh, a lifetime award. I yeah, forgot which I one. That but was, that was probably hidden where it was no, the Oscar committee. It was, the it was a separate show, I guess, um, or a video. But it but wasn't televised, was it? It was in, in the Governor's, I think Governor's mm -hmm. Award. I have to check, double check my um, facts. But but he did, he did win in... Um, I think Vin Diesel presented to him or some somebody from Fast and Fierce, I don't remember. <laughs> but but I I uh, um I just think that it's amazing. Those those when some when somebody gives their whole life to a, a that the 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 award is that we get to watch them. That's the award that they have for for us. I think I, I can go back to watching any movie she's been in. Um oh, yeah. tomorrow I think it was Tomorrow Never Dies or something and 
whatever any of the her movies I can watch just like Ming-Na Wen all these other actors who they have on the cover Margaret Cho um, she's uh, I'm glad she has a resurgence as well because they don't quit the Asians don't quit and they should not you guys are good oh I'm speaking of myself too and yeah you just don't quit you just keep going um, but Thank you so much for being here and yes, taking the time for us. For us. No, yeah. thank you so much. Exactly. It was a, definitely an honor to be here and to talk <laughs> and to, sit, to express and to talk and, you know, for all the struggles that we go through to be an Asian actor, actress, casting director in this entertainment industry. Okay, last thing. How can I reach you both? Social media. What's your social media? <laughs> Are you That's, the host? Like, no, I want to know too. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, at summertime casting uh, is my Instagram, but it's S O people S O summertime casting. It looks better on the signature. Go ahead. Uh, I'm at LT Goto L T G O T O at uh, on Instagram, and then you can also find us at Yoke on the Facebook our official uh, Yoke Facebook page. Awesome. Stay tuned for the next episode. Pop the yoke and spread the love. Yoke is back.